1: Good and welcome to the second hour of the first day, the WIBC Sunday Magazine Show. It is November 5th. Saturday is Veterans Day and we're going to check in with our Indianapolis Veterans Day Council shortly to talk about events that are happening around the city. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Before we get to that, guys, I'm, I'm really excited to introduce you to our, our guest. And Joining us is a, a true American hero, retired Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley. Who led hundreds of military campaigns as a Green Beret, Delta Force Operator, and then Command Sergeant Major Tom deployed countless times around the world and led hundreds of hostage rescues and direct action missions, including the capture of Saddam Hussein. Also know that Tom fought in and was portrayed in the Oscar-winning 2001 film Black Hawk Down, which was the longest sustained fight, firefight since Vietnam. He received 64 medals, including a silver star and four bronze stars, and he's also the author of... Of all secure, a special operations soldiers fight to survive on the battlefield and the home front. He's got a couple of uh, foundations as well, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, he is here with us this morning. Thank you so much um, for for joining us and for your sacrifice for our country. We're glad you're here. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you for all that, and thank you for having me on.
1: Born and raised a Hoosier,
2: correct? Yeah,
3: absolutely, Jackson absolutely. County. Jackson County, Seymour Owl.
2: That's right. That was my father's team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to start kind of here, and that is what led you to enlist in the Army?
2: It was a good story of my friend coming home from basic training, and, and we were going to John Cougar concert that night while he was on break before going to Germany, and he kind of talked me into it on the way up to that concert. I just kind of looked at what I was going to do with my life, and his story sounded better, so I adopted that one. <laughs> you, you wow. Know,
1: that's, that's an interesting way. Oftentimes when we talk to veterans, they say, well, my dad, my grandpa, and but for you, it there that, that was not a, a, a history in your family of military service.
2: My brother joined the military when I was, uh, when I was in high school, and he was between his junior and senior year, and I, I literally made fun of him for it. Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And then... I, I turned out spending my entire life in the military.
1: You did. Denny?
3: I was just going to, uh, Command Sergeant Major Satterley, um, thank you for letting us call you Tom. Um, you're a, a Hoosier born guy, but a lot of people don't know that uh, Sergeant Major is the highest enlisted rank in the Army. And I was told that, although I'm not sure, that that would put you in a battalion sized force of any, what, what 300 to 1,000 soldiers? Uh how do you end up becoming a command sergeant sir?
2: Uh just time really time and and how you do your job. It was one of those, you know, you chase a college education, you you chase military schools, you be, you know, you become a good leader that people don't really talk bad about and then you kind of move up slowly in your in your position. And it was uh um, You know, it was kind of easy for me being in a special operations organization. It it was, you know, your file's are secret files, so everybody looks at it like, ooh, it's it's special. And, you know, you kind of get promoted quicker because the jobs you do are harder.
3: We at our farm, we have special forces come in. The canine units uh, train at our farm, and they are an amazing group of people. They're very quiet. They're very, very focused, and they each have a specialty. Some of them are weapons. Some of them are logistics. What was your specialty when you were in special forces, sir?
2: I was a special operations engineer sergeant.
3: All right, so what would that mean?
2: Um, construction, explosives. Uh, I spent a lot of my my career trying to figure out how to, you know, not figuring out, but learning how to build different bridges and then learning how to blow them up and how to, how to <laughs> wow. blow up different highways and roads to slow down the enemy, kind of thing, and then. Mm-hmm. In special operations, being an engineer sergeant kind of leads you to some of the same things, but they also lean on you to go get all the supplies that they need for some reason.
3: You have talked about winning the war inside your head. And as a Delta Force veteran, how, how do you coach veterans into winning that war inside their heads? What's what's the How do you break it down for them?
2: I literally just throw out all of my dirty laundry. Everything that me and my wife have gone through post-service, everything that I went through in the service, and the bad decisions that I made along the way, and, and the path that I followed, and that reaches about 90% of those veterans. That They're like, that's my path. That's me. So how did you get through it? And so once I get their attention, I literally just share the story of all the modalities of healing that I've been through and kind of walk them down that path to take whichever one they need to first. And then it's a it's, it's long, slow path to healing, though.
4: Wow. You talk about post-service, and Tom, this is Kylan Pierre You had 25 years of service within that. How did the decision to retire come up? Was it just as easy for that decision as joining?
2: Yeah, I couldn't get away quick enough. At 19 years, I re-enlisted for money, um, and it was like, we're still at war, so they're throwing money at special operations to keep them in, and I, I re-enlisted for another six years, and as soon as I put my hand down after reenlisting. I was like, what have I done? Oh, it was one of those, wow. the last six years after a 20 year career was sitting behind a desk, watching people do the job you've always wanted to do. And it just kind of wears you down. And by the time I retired, I couldn't get out quick enough.
1: This is uh, retired co- uh, Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley with us. Your book, All Secure, A Special Operations Soldier's Fight to Survive on the Battlefield and the Homefront. You detail your and other veterans' desperate attempts to overcome PTS, addiction, mental health issues, relationship issues. What were your struggles when you got home, and soon? And how soon after did issues start to occur?
2: I think it was it was after I stopped doing things that my tribe was related to. When I retired in December of 2010, less than a week later, I was I grabbed a job, moved to Mon Jordan, and lived there for a year and a half. So I was still doing okay because I was performing in that tribe that I'd come from. But a year and a half later, once that dried up and I came home, I didn't really have a job. I didn't really have a plan. And so I ended up laying in bed all night watching TV and sleeping all day and just started slipping into the drinking. And, and once you realize that, that tribe's moved on, that fast moving train just kept going down the tracks and you got kicked off of it. You have to finally realize you gotta start finding your new tribe and not looking in the rearview mirror at the things that you did in life. You gotta start looking out that windshield, which is a lot bigger, towards the things you want to do.
3: Command Sergeant Major, uh, Tom Satterley joins us. Tom, you've got a wife and your wife Jen, um, you guys operate Virago, which is a platform for women who are in a relationship with a special operation combat warrior. What's it like for the for the, for, for the wife, yeah, for, for, the the, for the spouse?
2: Mm-hmm. The spouses, um, I think, you know, the thing we hear the most is spouses feel crazy. Like, am I the crazy one or is this relationship going this way? I can't believe the way they speak to me. So they, they, they need to learn that they have secondary post-traumatic stress or what we call it eggshell syndrome, where the spouse's life changes who they are and they become different because they're afraid of setting off that warrior somehow. They're afraid of, of what they might you know, go down or how they may speak to them, so they always kind of walk on eggshells around them. So they change who they are, and they don't realize it because it's slowly over time. So once we talk about secondary post traumatic stress, they realize that their lives have changed, and they can start turning towards each other and working on their relationship again.
3: Wow.
1: What is the what is the the top issue you think with veterans that come home these days? What is it that that um, that they they're looking for help, and and what is it? Is it in the area of PTS? Is it what is it?
2: they want to be a better human. They they realize finally, well, they deny PTS for, for years. I think on average it takes a special operator 13 years to ask for help because they've never been taught to ask for help. Wow. They've been told not to. So it's difficult for them to admit it. So once I get them to have the awareness that they have something, then they got to get the focus of what to do next and then make the plan on which modality they need to tackle first, which is anger. For many of us, it's anger. When things don't go our way, we get angry. When we get embarrassed, we get angry. When... We're, we're ashamed or, or nervous. We just go straight to anger. And it's not anger, it's rage, because we live at a five when most people live at a one. So when we get a little bit angry, we're already at a seven. And most people don't understand that. So reintegrating into society is typically what they really want to do.
4: Mm-hmm. Kylan. Tom, could you explain for us, because I tried to do some research on PTS versus PTSD. Could you yourself, do you know the difference? Could you explain that for us?
2: We took off the D because everybody I talked to would scream at me, I don't have a disorder. Mm. I've also had doctors yell at me, it absolutely is a disorder. And I told the doc, if I can't get them to see you, yeah. then you can't help them. So I removed the D. And the disorder means it's, ha- it's, it's lasting a lot longer. Okay. And we've changed it to actually post-traumatic stress injury because we used to call it the invisible wounds of war. But we know you can see it with a brain scan. You can biologically determine what's going on with somebody. And it can be it can be fixed. So it's no longer one of those things where you're broken. Let's call it a disorder. Let's call it an injury because injuries can heal.
3: Wow. Denny. I'm overwhelmed that you are so gracious to call us. Are you still living in Indiana or are you away from Indiana?
2: I'm actually in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been here for a while because my wife still has children here. So about another year and a half, we're going to start looking elsewhere.
3: (laughs) My brother Tommy came home from Vietnam. He was a corpsman. And was stationed with the Marines. And I remember the first night he actually slept in our house. Um, he was in the bedroom next to me, and I heard this screaming. And I really didn't know what it was. I walked into the room. He jumped out of bed and had his hand around my throat. Within seconds, Tom, is that normal for when people come back from from battle?
2: I know my wife woke me up one time, and now she does it from across the room. Yeah. Dude. Especially a Navy, especially a corpsman who has to work on the bodies of his his own people. And then also they have to work on the bodies of the enemy while the enemy is spitting on them and keeping them alive. So they have a lot of anger and, and repressed emotions that they need to work on for sure.
3: It's pretty tough.
1: You know, how do you get people? You know, with with everything, with the situations around our world right now, which is, feels so dangerous and scary, and we understand that young people just aren't enlisting in the service. How do you get? How do you get young people interested or or have that heart that you have to serve?
2: I look back and I and I think I joined when we weren't at war. So it was kind of easy for me to think college career, college money, and then I ended up staying in anyway. I, I planned on getting out in four years. I applaud those that joined up in the past 20 years. You know, two years ago, for, yeah. we were at war. They kind of knew what they were going to get into because um, they were already into it. So it wasn't like we might go to war. It was we're at war. So I applaud them for that. Recruitment's down because we were at war for 20 years, and I think I think the political environment is also turning people away. And uh, there's there's many other aspects of it. Bone density is down. So the people that are coming into special operations, you know, they're they're breaking their ankles, so they're changing what they can do to test them as well. So there's a lot of different things changing about who we are and, and how we're how we're forming. Hmm.
3: That is that is really interesting, Tom. When you joined, um, did you well when, joined, when you started getting into the special forces, were you going through more and more? Uh, what I'm going call diagnostics, both in your head and physically?
2: Both, yes. It was all the selection processes just to get in are designed to tear you down physically. And then also mentally, and then they assess you mentally while you're torn down to see how you behave at your lowest state. And then the higher you move up, the more that they put you through that. They put you in the SEER course, the survival, escape, resistance, and evasion, where you're locked up for four days in a box that's about three foot by three foot. They give you a coffee can for your you know to relieve yourself, and they don't feed you, and they they treat you like the enemy so you can have that experience. So they know how you're going to behave, and you know how you can handle it in the end. But wow. the higher you go. The less time off you have, and the more time you're at work trying to do your job better.
3: Tom, we have at the farm. They're training canine officers, and when the canine officer finally clears and he is certified, bona fide, he has done it all. We always had a bell there to ring the bell, and uh, it, whether you were completing, you know, your cancer treatments, it's always ring the bell. You're done. When the special forces came in and they finished their training, they wouldn't touch the bell. And you want to explain why? I did not know it, but those special forces guys would not touch that bell.
2: That is a form of, of quitting or voluntarily withdrawing, mainly in the SEAL community for BUDS training. Exactly. And you ring the bell when you quit, and so no, no special operator is going to ever ring a bell.
3: I did not know that. I said, guys, you're not ringing my bell. I'm not touching that bell. You know, they were pretty adamant about it.
1: Hey, Kylie, go ahead. We
4: have just a few minutes left, but I do want to touch more on this All Secure Foundation yeah. because we we talked about it, but... Looking through the Facebook page, it is tagged on our Facebook page for Stay With Terry Stacy." if you need to find it, but All Secure Foundation, you have a wide variety of resources in changing kind of the outlook on different topics, whether that's you talk about imposter syndrome, Halloween, even this quote right here, you can't really be present for the people in your life if you aren't taking care of yourself. For you, Tom, after creating All Secure Foundation, what have been some of your favorite experiences with this by providing these resources. Can you talk on some of those experiences?
2: Absolutely, but first I have to correct you is my wife started this foundation <gasps> like oh, yes. She was she was working with me in realistic military training exercises and People weren't coming back from war and she just couldn't handle it She said I can't train people to go to war anymore. I have to train them when they come home So she started working on the foundation and it's, it's one of those things where we just started bringing people in because she met people um, on Target and what was wrong with them. And they start talking to her like a den mother. And she found out that most of the problem was everyone wanted to be a better human, a better husband, a better father. And that's when she took off and started forming a foundation until she was able to pull me in.
3: Sounds like she did a pretty good job, sir. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. Listen, it's allsecurefoundation.org is a great resource for you, for our veterans and for families. How do you spend Veterans Day? How do you celebrate?
2: Uh, quietly. We we celebrate those that have gone before us. We celebrate all those that are still here. And we kind of thank everybody for their, you know, in our own heads and, and for everybody what they've done for this country. Um, but we, we kind of take it quiet and, and just stay at home and, and reflect on our lives.
1: Well, bless your heart. We thank you so much for your service. Um, a retired Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley, his book, again, AllSecureFoundation.org, uh, in his book as well, All Secure, A Special Operations Soldier's Fight to Survive on the Battlefield and the Home Front. Anything else you'd like to add before we let you go, Tom?
2: No, just all the special operations veterans out there, that they're not alone along with their spouses. that In our organization, we also take the spouses as well, so there's really no excuse not to reach out and get that uh, assistance and training that you need to feel better.
1: Appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining us today on a Sunday. Thank you, and uh, stay well. Thank you. It's 1221. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. 26, Terry Stacy, Denny Smith, Kylan Talley. Oh my gosh, I just that last half hour, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And sure so appreciate, humble
3: of a so guy. humble. Oh.
1: Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley, uh, a Hoosier, and uh, just an amazing, incredible veteran, as you all are. Kylan, this, we've got somebody...
4: We, yeah, we've talked about how we can help the veterans and so a special person just called in hearing our conversation he's vice president eric Oric of wish for our heroes he's also a retired veteran and he has some information he would like to share oh fantastic thanks for calling in to first day
5: hi guys how's it going
1: it's going well thank you so much for calling in we're glad you're here before we get to your event tell us about you and your service
5: well, um, I left Indianapolis when I was 17, and uh, 22 years later, after many, many, many deployments and wonderful times, good, bad, all of those included, came back to central Indiana. Um, kind of, uh, I got hurt in Iraq, and um, I was kind of lost, just like the Sergeant Major said, you know, trying to readjust to get back into uh, civilian life that I never knew. Um, and I found this new mission. And it kind of helped me with my PTSD, as the Sergeant Major said. Um, And and for the last 14 years, it's been helping other military members.
1: Well, bless your heart. Thank you for your service, your sacrifice, and for what you're doing now. Tell us about what, what this organization is and what you all do.
5: So Wish for Our Heroes, uh, it's www.wishforourheroes.org. We're an all-volunteer national charity. I run the Central Indiana um, part of it. So we help veterans, military members, National Guard, Reserves of all branches with basic needs and necessities. Like uh, right now we're doing a turkey dinner drive for uh, for veterans who might not have the best turkey dinner plans, um, and then we're also doing a Christmas drive where we've already got thirty families signed up to sponsor them wow. for Christmas. Awesome. So we uh, fix cars, we pay utility bills, we help with school clothes, things like that. when you know we can't solve the you know the thirty thousand dollars problems, but we try to attack the little things uh, that cause daily stressors in in the military members' lives.
3: Oh. WishForOurHeroes.org. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Eric, how do they do it?
5: Well, uh, our, that's our website, and for from now until the end of the month, every single dollar donated on our website. Keto's Vodka is going to match, and they've uh, done it up to $50,000. Wow. So if they want to, to help us uh, solve some problems for military families, uh, that would be the best way. Um, and if they wanted to volunteer, since we are an all-volunteer organization, they can also uh, hit us up on that uh, link there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, all those other things. Um, so just uh, reach out the normal way everybody does.
4: Okay. All that right. is so awesome. Eric Oric, Vice President of Wish for Our Heroes and Retired Veteran. Thank you so much for calling in and for listening to First
1: Aid. And for your service, sir. Thank you so much. Always know that we're here for you if you need to talk about anything or you need us to promote something for you and you should stay in touch with us.
5: Thank you so much. Uh, we're looking forward to all the help. And if anybody wants to sponsor a family for Christmas, uh, go on the page and let us know as well. Thank you.
1: Thank you. WishForOurHeroes.org. Also want you to know that uh, received this from the Veterans Day Council of Indianapolis. Would love for you to line the streets here in downtown Indianapolis along the parade route, our normal parade route for the uh, Veterans Day parade on Friday. That will start at the War Memorial and, that again, take that parade route Um it's, I'm looking to make sure I have the time. I believe that will start at 11 a.m. from the Indiana War Memorial. And then uh, the parade will get underway at about noon, I guess. Uh, the part that I love this about all of this is that the Grand Marshal is, I think I'm told, a 105-year-old female. World War II veteran. I love Whoa. it. And I wish I had her name in front of me. Uh, and but anyway, I, I think she's going to be the Grand Marshal. They also on Thursday, November 9th, they've got a five P.M. reception, a 630 awards ceremony, and a seven PM movie. And this movie is a premiere of the film titled Over There. It's Hoosier Heroes of the Great War. And so that and everybody's welcome to attend. And that takes place at the Indiana War Memorial as well. That's a, a five PM reception. The movie starts about seven. Love for you to see that too. All right, we need to take a break, don't we, Kylan? Yeah,
4: but well, the Veterans Day conversation continues.
1: Thank you. All right, we're uh, that's coming up after the news on ninety three WIBC. Twelve thirty seven. Terry, Stacy, Denny Smith, also Kylan Talley here. Uh, earlier in the week, I had a chance to talk to Dennis Weimar. or Weimer, Dennis Weimer, is the director of the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that are happening for veterans this week. But I started the conversation by asking Mr. Weimer uh, if he was also if he had served and when.
6: I am. I'm a, a Air Force veteran. I served uh, nine years as a navigator in a C-141 cargo airplane um, that would throw tanks, jeeps, and people off the back. So my job is to make sure they landed where they were supposed to go.
1: Oh, my gosh. How many years did you serve?
6: Uh, just under uh, ten years total, uh, so about nine and a half or so.
1: Transitioning to civilian life was that a bit of a challenge?
6: It, you know, it's an interesting thing because I work so much today in my work life around transitioning military and helping them. In fact, I'm on a couple national commissions on it. But for me, it, it really it wasn't. I uh, my last years on active duty, I also got my MBA at University of Pennsylvania. So the jobs were kind of lined up for me when I left. You know, I moved into a job that required a lot of travel and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of out of town. And, boy, that, but that that looks looked familiar. The act of transition into work was not difficult, like some can find it. The hard part about transition is all of the things and um, connectivity that you have in the military, you all of a sudden lose. And that goes to your neighbors, your the services you have, the camaraderie and the partnership between, between your fellow military members. That is something that is nowhere besides in, in that military environment. You know, everything you do is around others and in and, and partnership with others. But that partnership goes beyond the nine to five. It goes all the way into the evening, into the, you know, it goes into your every moment of life. And so it's such a deeper partnership and a deeper relationship. And so when two veterans, you know, 30 years later who never were anywhere near each other in the military get together, all of a sudden they have this common bond that a lot of people don't quite understand how that can happen. That because we've been through the same crucible of fire, no matter which service we were in, that the other has been. And, and we have such, and, that we connect with that uh, that service and that work so easily, you know, even you know, many many years, decades later.
1: Do you know how many veterans we have here in Indiana or even in Central Indiana?
6: We have just under four hundred thousand veterans in the state. The number varies year over year, and the number varies depending upon which data source you look at. But and in Indianapolis and Marion County, there are about fifty-five or so thousand veterans in Marion County. When you add in the donut counties. You get about 40% of the veterans in the state live in this central Indiana area. I would say that there are always things we can do more of, but this state definitely focuses on service. When a state focuses on service, that means a lot of different things that as you're growing up, you connect with the need, desire, the, the family members who have served in the military. And when I say service before, I, I mean in a broader term, but then it also comes to service in the military, and that extends to our National Guard that is one of the larger National Guards in the nation. It's something that I think is just endemic to our state and to who we are as residents of Indiana.
1: Let's talk about how we will honor and thank our veterans in Indianapolis this week.
6: Well, so the Veterans Day Council of Indianapolis is an organization that's been around for, for many, many years, and it is there to plan, organize, coordinate all of the activities that happen on and around Veterans Day. And so here's an exciting year because we're doing some different things. We're doing this year in the evening on Thursday, November 9th, we are having a reception at the Indiana War Memorial on Michigan Avenue. And that leads into an award ceremony where we recognize a small number of veterans in this community who have done so much and extended the service that they did while in the military beyond. But then a, a very unique thing that we're doing this year is a movie was made that is a documentary movie called Over There in World War I. And what it focuses on are seven different Hoosier soldiers in World War I. The first soldier to lose their life in World War I was from Indiana. You know, not many people know how important our contribution was to the Great War. And, and the title, Over There, Who's Your Heroes of the Great War, is indicative of what that war meant at that time. And then what that movie shows about up to seven different heroes from that war. And so we're, we're that movie, we're pre, uh, premiering it for the nation. It is the it'll be the premiere of that movie, and so we're going to do some really neat things. In that we're going to show the movie; it's 58 minutes long. Then we will have the individual who was the director and producer of the movie. We'll have an individual who's a story who is featured in the movie to talk about some of the key figures that are in it, and then a couple other folks who are who were part of the making of it as a panel discussion afterwards to answer some great questions about the making of the movie about why and. What do they learn, and what are, the, what are the things that we can learn today about from that movie? About race, about integ- uh, you know, integration, involving folks. And um, there's a, an amazing soldier, uh, African American soldier named Aaron Fisher, who is highlighted in the movie, and his story is powerful. VeteransDayIndy.org has the list of events. And there's a reception leading up, 5:30 to uh, five to six thirty, excuse me. And so we asked for a, a $10 um, charge for that. Uh, or 20 for the whole family. We have room for 500, and we'd love to see 500 people because it's not just for veterans. It is for all of those who have neighbors who served, who had friends that served, and and that hits almost all of us. So that's Thursday night. Then we lead it Friday, where Friday morning at 11 a.m., music will start at 10.30, but uh, at 11 a.m. on the steps of the Indiana War Memorial on Michigan Avenue, we invite everyone to come down for a ceremony, a Veterans Day ceremony. The mayor of Indianapolis, Mayor Hogsett, will speak. Lieutenant Governor will will be there to speak. Uh, General Dale Lyles, who is the Adjutant General of the Indiana Guard, will be in attendance, along with the Grand Marshal of our parade, which will immediately follow. And the Grand Marshal is Helen Guthrie, who is I believe she's 105 or 106. I'm going to be wrong on that. Is an amazing World War II veteran. So she's just an amazing individual. And then to have her there as our Grand Marshal for the parade is just such an honor. It, it's the parade route, starts at Michigan and Pennsylvania, goes down a couple blocks, uh, takes the right turn uh, towards uh, IUPUI area, and then comes back up Meridian, up to and past the War Memorial and the American Legion Mall. I'd love to have everybody come down for that. Uh, that will, the parade will be about noon. It'll, it'll uh, start immediately after the ceremony, but please join us for the ceremony. There are some great individuals there speaking. It, it always is a powerful event. But Veterans Day on November 11th is is a celebration. It, it's a party. You know we have freedoms today because of those millions of people who have served our nation before us, so that we can have what we have today in the United States and in Indiana, and and we need to celebrate and uh, and just thank everyone for that.
1: That is veteran Dennis Wimmer. or excuse me, Dennis Weimer, the director of the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs. And if you'd like more information, you will go to IndianaVeteransDay.org. Mm-hmm. Food news coming up
0: next. We're on, getting sweet. Yeah, we, <laughs> we,
1: <laughs> that's next on 93 WIBC.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
7: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: I got Told more you so. sugar. I oh. got
0: you like
4: Life is sweet with donuts, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: you sugared us all up, Can't
4: kiddo. Welcome back down. to First Day with Terry Stacey. I'm Kylan Talley, that's Denny Smith. Ground. And I think... Personally, I'm ready to get into the suite. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, let's get started with some food news.
0: First day food news. Today is
4: National Donut Day, so I'll give you some donut deals, and then we're going to get to our tasting from Parlor Donuts. First off for you, the deal that I found is Dunkin' is offering a free donut every Wednesday in November. Free donut. You do have to buy a drink. So go get your coffee. Go get your free donut on Wednesday. You do have to be a rewards member, but it's free to become one. So pretty easy. Hop over there and get your free donut on Wednesday.
3: Free is free. Just ask Miss Sherry Lowe. Mm -hmm. Krispy
4: Kreme gave me my three free donuts for my upcoming birthday already. (gasps) Wait a minute. When's your birthday? The 21st. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. It's still later, but they gave it to me right now and I got to share some donuts with some friends. Good. I could have eaten them all, but. I saved that room for Mm, tastings. Thank you. There are going to be Veterans Day deals coming up for if you're a veteran or if you're a family member. There are going to be some food deals coming up. So please follow us on Facebook and I'll post those there when we get closer to Saturday. So you don't have to keep that all in mind. I do want to say there were some interesting new additions to some companies like Hormel, the bacon company. They just introduced apple cider bacon. And that one caught my eye because I would actually kind of enjoy that. Have that with some breakfast. I'm with
3: you. I would like that one too. Yeah.
4: That one intrigued me. Um, Something that was interesting. Did did you guys watch Ted Lasso? The Apple TV. Uh, I
3: haven't watched it since it's come back the new new season. But I watched all the ones before it.
4: Love it. I love my soccer, but Ted Lasso was amazing. So... I'm very excited about this. Mackenzie. Um, I don't even know what brand that is, but Mackenzie launched a new Ted Lasso ice cream, and it's partnered with Warner Bros. So I don't know what Mackenzie brand is, but I'm gonna like their ice cream here soon. Because so maybe, of Ted Lasso? Heck yeah! You got me down. <laughs> I'm for wow. it.
3: That's pretty easy. <laughs> Stop <laughs> anything, anything getting anything soccer and sugar, food, you know.
4: If it's food, straight to my heart.
3: Can we talk about these donuts that are, are as big it? as a softball?
4: Oh, Denny. You really are ready to start talking about donuts?
3: Yeah. uh, Okay.
4: Okay. We can talk donuts. You
3: have an apple pie roll. With National
4: (laughs) Donut Day, I thought it was appropriate to talk donuts. And when I was deciding for my tasting, I was like, all right, do I do Jack's Donuts? Which I've had. Everyone's hopefully had. Always had them. Amazing. Piana Donuts. Friend of first day. Love them. Also delicious. And then I came across Parlor Donuts. Now, this place, if you haven't heard of it. It was originated in Terry, Evansville. Terry, I can
3: hear you eating over there. <laughs> a Terry? Oh, she's eating
1: the churro one right now. <laughs> she's so soft-spoken. Maybe if she needs to talk louder. <laughs> Maybe it's not Maybe me. Maybe it's
4: going to turn you <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, they originated in Evansville, Indiana. So right down south, down what is that, south? Whatever. Regardless, here reading in it, Indiana. Reading and
3: writing in Route 41 south.
4: They're a Hoosier, too. Love it. But they were so they were so successful that they became a franchise company. And so now they have locations all around the U.S. Mm-hmm. And there's one right around the corner, just 10 minutes from here, over by IUPUI's campus. And there you go, parlor donuts. They
3: are very good. All right, so we've one, got... we got it's strawberry different. Okay, shortcake. It's different.
1: This is a little bit... This is more like a cronut. You're not They're supposed to talk fam- with your mouth. I know, mouthful. it's rude. It's terribly rude. And I just took a DNA donuts. test, so I cleaned off my tongue because I had to spit into a bottle. <laughs> Oh, okay. And all of it was coming uh, out. If people I don't only know, know what goes by. on in
3: the studio. I had
1: the strawberry <laughs>
3: juice coming off of my tongue. Well, that was the strawberry <laughs> shortcake. Now, the, uh, Kylan, they also wait, had to my wait, wait. Clean my no, tie. She did
4: point out a good thing, though. It is kind of like a cronut, where it's made from a croissant. They're famous for their layered donuts. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking of a donut, it's not just that squishy. It's got a crunch to it. It, it
1: does. Like fried the flaky thing. layer after layer after yep. layer. It's not your typical donut. It is delicious. Mm-hmm. I've never had one before.
4: We had a variety to choose from today we had pumpkin cheesecake I and apple li- pie which I were their that, fall flavors I
3: didn't like the t- pumpkin cheesecake that much
1: wasn't a fan
4: yeah, Ter- Terry said it tasted like a, a fluoride it just had a different
3: taste to it taste.
1: it wasn't yeah. my favorite I think I'm pumpkined out that's to be fair. truthful, that's completely fair. Right, but everything else I had, Terry, you've got some powdered sugar and crumbs on your shirt. <laughs> yeah.
3: You're, good at you're embarrassing us, Terry. Well,
4: this is radio. It's okay. It is so good. All right, good. some other flavors. We had French toast, I best, like that which one. is their most popular.
3: Uh, that needed a little bit of syrup, but that maple syrup on that would have been really good. we
4: did okay. cut these donuts into thirds, so we weren't all trying a whole bunch of donuts. So it does come with syrup on it. Oh. So that one is oh, a little my. bit sticky. All right, all right blueberry hill.
3: I like that one a lot.
4: Churro, which has the cinnamon dusting and chocolate on it. Now, side.
3: Terry made that into like a ladyfinger. She made it real thin oh. and she was snarfing that, that one. That was
1: so good. It I looked, mean, I, I really it, have yeah. loved them all. Including I
4: enjoyed the, uh, the chocolate. apple
1: pie. Yeah. Apple pie donut.
4: I liked the apple pie because of its filling. Mm -hmm. If the donut didn't have the filling, I wasn't as much of a fan. It still tasted good, but the filling carried it. So the apple pie, we tried raspberry jelly filled. Sorry, Danny, you didn't get to try it, but I tried it and that was delicious. And then Terry tried a coconut cream donut. That was her first one she tried. so
1: good. Denny, you know. there's a little bit of coconut cream on the floor next to you. You can scrape that up if you want. Real nice. That's that's
3: called the five-day rule, not the five-second rule. I
4: don't know. Oh, they man. have these little mini donuts. So the raspberry jelly filled and the coconut cream, we got mini donuts of. So then you just have a little bite-sized donut and instead you didn't, of a full and donut. And you
3: didn't share that with Denny no, Paul Smith. Yeah.
4: Nope, I had to eat it. Right when I got it, mine was just one bite, <laughs> and then the strawberry shortcake. So those were. The strawberry
3: shortcake was really yeah, good. One was kind. Very that good. was really good.
4: Mm-hmm. All I right, I think my favorite parlor. Favorite Wait a minute, I want to hear raspberry it. jelly filled.
3: I like the apple pie the best.
4: Apple pie was a really good one, but unfortunately, that is one of their fall flavors, and it stops after Tuesday. So go get them right now. All right, Parlor and then,
3: Donuts, and where are they?
4: Well, everywhere. You'll have to look them up, but you can. They do have a website, Parlor Donuts. P-A-R-L-O-R, Donuts.com. And then they're going to have winter flavors beginning on November 7th. That is Tuesday. So, go follow us on Facebook and I'll post them there for you. First day with Terry Stacey. Way to go.
3: Really, really, really good. Thank you so much for
4: diving in with me. Thank you. um, With Donut Day, I do want to give a shout out to a band from Indiana because they just released their new song, Donut. It's called. Well,
1: it's called songs called donut.
4: Yes, it's called donut. So that's what our outro song's gonna be. I'd like to this hear it. This band is called Wishy, W I S H Y. They just released a song today. It's from the Indiana songwriters. So here you go. Okay. Kind of a punk song.
0: Denny loves it.
1: Woody, I see you bobbing <laughs> your head. Oh my. <laughs> this is called donut. Mm-hmm. Is your singing?
4: there is eventually. I just started it from the beginning. It's okay. Um it it's called Donut, I think because it's like Donut Follow Me, Donut Follow Me. <coughs> oh, Donut
3: Follow yeah, Me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I love guys like
4: that. Good one. But I love that he was from Indiana. This just came
1: up on my Spotify, so I just thought I'd give him a shout out.
3: Thank you for the sugar.
1: Thank you for the sugar,
3: Kylan. Thank you
1: so much. All right, we've got Election Day on Tuesday. Get out there and, and vote, vote, vote. We will have an IU game that night, and so we, will, our coverage will be up to date, in and out, and then also, obviously, the following day on Wednesday bright and early with Tony Katz. How much time, Kylan? About a minute? Do I gotta go? Let's wrap it up. Okay, we'll, gotta, we'll, we'll see gotta you next go. Sunday. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. Be it, have a safe day, and we will see you all next Sunday.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And McDonald's for a limited time.
7: Raise a spoon to Grandma,
0: who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They're participating McDonald's for a limited time.